Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Hey guys, this is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and I want to give a shout out to the Wrestling Predict Cast. I think it's an awesome podcast, and you should definitely tune in. Be sure to feast your ears on the Wrestling Predict Cast. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to the Wrestling Predict Cast. I am your host Ben and I'm here with Luke and Joe to discuss Hell in a Cell, which is ironic considering we've all just gone into a national lockdown. Um, first of all, introducing our defending champion, the man who won the last round or the last league of the Wrestling Predict Cast. It's Joe. How are you, Joe? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. I'm just now trying to forget the fact that you just prefers a lockdown as hell on a cell because I'm absolutely going to say that to my wife at some point, Braxton. <laughs> <laughs> and challenging Joe, the Jey Uso of the Wrestling Predict cast, it's Luke. How are you, Luke? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Very good. You take the Jey Uso of the Wrestling Predict cast. I was meant to call. Uh, I was meant to call Joe the Randy, the Randy Orton, the uh, Roman Reigns, but I, I felt I felt like that was bigging him up too much. Yeah, I know. Stop, mate, Pardon? <laughs> yeah, does that make you the Paul, Paul Heyman? Heyman? I will take the Paul Heyman. In, in wrestling context, I'll take Paul Heyman every day of the week. Yeah, it was not wrestling context, though, is it, man? No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> All right, then. So, this is the results show. We are discussing Hell in a Cell. Um, we only had, for the last round, three official matches announced to predict, but there were six matches to go through. We'll go through them bit by bit. Um, discuss what we thought was going to happen and then what actually happened and whether the matches were any good and what it means for going forward, particularly heading towards Survivor Series in only three weeks' time. So not long, not long again for a pay-per-view. Um, we'll start, like none of us watch the pre-show. None of us care about the 24-7 championship being defended in a ring, which seems pointless. I mean, the whole thing for the 24-7 championship seems pointless. So I'm just going to leave a little gap here for anyone who wants to say anything about the 24-7 championship. Perfect. And we'll move on to the first match, which, well, first match we're going to discuss today, which was Elias defeating Jeff Hardy due to a disqualification. Now, we didn't do this one on the podcast last round. This was announced after we recorded, but all three of us thought that Elias was going to win. Um, I know my rationale was because he just brought him back. There's no point having him losing a losing immediately, particularly Jeff Hardy, who doesn't particularly need it. Um, my opinion, it was an all right match. What did you think about it, Luke? Anything to take away from Elias defeating Jeff Hardy? No, not really. It was just like a normal Raw episode match, wasn't it? It wasn't really like a pay-per-view match. Just a bit of a filler and a bit of a crap finish as well. So it was all right. Fair enough. Um, Joe, I've got the big question for you. What do you think of his uh, new material and are you going to buy his album? Uh, no, I just I just want to say to start off with, like, it's really nice that Luke started off the uh, podcast with such a positive outlook um, on the first on the, on the first question. Um, no, I won't be buying his I won't be buying his album. I was <clears throat> waiting the whole time he was doing his um, little con first. Jeff Hardy to come and smash him in the back of a guitar because that was absolutely inevitable, and I was amazed they gave him two and a half songs to do it. So fair fair play. Um, this is now leading to a guitar on a pole match next week on SmackDown. I understand. Is it? Um, I've missed yeah. that. Where do you, you hear that? 
I think they announced it after SmackDown, maybe, or okay. it, it, it's been it's been announced since SmackDown for sure. So, what, what is uh, a guitar on a pole match? You put a guitar on a pole match. It's pretty much as it sounds. Um, and then the like the you go and collect you go and collect the the guitar from the pole, and then you can use it as a weapon. So basically, That's... what will happen is someone someone will get the pole that someone will get the guitar at some point, then smash the other one, and then pin them. That's basically what it'll be. That's 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 exactly right. That's exactly what it's going to be. Right. You can have you can have it's WWE. It's wrestling. You can have anything on a pole. We've discussed previously parentage on a pole. Um, we've had P45s on a pole. I think at one point we actually had a person on a pole match. Can't remember the name of the person, but we've had someone up there on the pole that you've had to go and collect. So anything on a pole, guitar on a pole is actually quite tame. I just can't wait for Luke to see a Shark Tank match. Oh yeah. The old shark cage, yeah, shark cage, yeah. Shark cage, we went through a phase. Yeah. What I liked about the shark cage was we went through a phase where WWE clearly invested in a shark cage. So rather than have one match, like we, we hadn't had shark cage matches in what must have been about five or six years. Oh, mate, was, more than that, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And then we had like three in a year. Clearly because they went, we've got the shark cage, we've invested in it, we might as well use it. So, <laughs> What do you mean by shark cage? Like just a shark tank which you dive into and have a match in there? It's no, 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 that would actually like that would actually be way cooler <laughs> than it is. Our shark cage, you know the cages that you go in so you submerge with sharks, yeah, and it protects you. They dangle one of those above the ring with somebody in it who would usually interfere in the match. So let's say to use a current example, if you wanted to stop MVP interfering in Bobby Lashley's matches, you'd hang MVP in the shark uh, cage above the ring so that the match could go on without interference. It's like I said, it's ridiculous, and we had about three of them in a in, in a year. It was it was the weirdest thing. I mean, if you want to stop him entering a match, just put him in a shark cage, like in the back somewhere, while hover it above the ring. Again, I mean, you've done this before. It's the logic. You don't. We don't need the logic. Where's this? This is entertainment. This is WWE. Plus, how could they inevitably be hiding something in their pocket and drop it down to the person so they still interfere even though they weren't supposed to? Oh yeah, yeah. So. So I think we're all clearly we're all clearly moving on from Elias defeating Jeff Hardy as a match. The only thing I want to add to it is is anybody else getting really sick of everybody referencing Jeff Hardy's substance abuse and previous issues yeah. with alcohol in yeah. every single promo? Yeah, and it also doesn't really make sense that he's going after Jeff Hardy because it was a red haired red haired man. So the whole story doesn't really align. Will make sense. Oh, I, I love that Elias doesn't watch WWE when he's not here. I think that's a great little part of the storyline, that he's the only person that didn't bother to watch it while he was... Like, no one's shown him the footage. And gone, I'm, I'm pretty certain Seamus has even said, I did this. So, yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's ridiculous. As you see, I, I, don't, I don't know. I thought we were still waiting to find out. I mean, I, I'm not waiting to find out. But I think we we as consumers of it are. I feel like it... it do we agree that at some point it's going to be Sami Zayn, but then they've had a feud and it wasn't revealed to be Sami Zayn? It would have been better if it was Sami Zayn. You're absolutely right. It would have been way better if it was him. But again, it's us writing it better than WWE are producing it somehow. Talking of poorly written um, storylines, feuds and people, uh, Bobby Lashley defeated Slapjack for the United States Championship. This was teased on the pre-show they actually set this up with a proper little segment on the pre-show as a way of getting people to buy hell in a cell um bobby lashley had uh, sorry ali had said that he anybody from uh, retribution would challenge bobby lashley and they would just have to choose who they wanted and they chose slapjack 
Um, Joe, Bobby Lashley defeating Slapjack. Anything you want to add about that before we move on to actual matches that have some sort of uh, stakes and sense? Just to make, it just didn't make any sense, did it? What well, like it's the best? It's the best. It's the best wrestler in one group versus the worst in the other for the United States with no build up, no like, and even like MVP was like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll do, it. we'll take your opinion challenge and we'll raise the stakes and put. Oh, well, absolutely not, no one's actually to do that. That's just stupid. It isn't just it was, it was pointless, mate. And the, the way they're burying retribution is, it, well, what what was the point? What is what is and what's the point of retribution? So since Retribution have signed officially, have they won a match? So I don't think they have, have they? So what is the like? I don't uh, understand why they're doing that. This this feels like WWE are cutting their losses. This feels like Retribution genuinely won't last till Christmas. What about all the money they spent on masks, mate? <laughs> <laughs> and also, right, were, were the members of Retribution just go back to being a normal salved afterwards, or just disappear? Probably just go back to being their normal selves. What you'll end up with is you'll just end up with with one week. Dominic Dijakovic will come out, then Mia Yim, and people... <laughs> Keith will welcome her back with open arms. Oh, there you are. Yeah, where have you been, love? <laughs> can, can I just say, Ben? I was I was really I was really laughing about. Um, so your your other podcast, um, the Movie List podcast, which is excellent. I was la- I was laughing because I, I think the, it was, I don't know if it was the last episode of the one before you were talking about um, like famous toys from from movies. Or like were, yeah. and then I think I, I can't remember if it was your day, but you brought up Tracy Island, and you were like, and you said, oh, um, you know, like you used to be able to like make that as well, so you'd have like the you could store bought ones that you can make your own at home, and I couldn't help but chuckle about um, like imagine like a Blue Peter doing like the slapjack mask, <laughs> so like what what you'll need is one party plate, <laughs> some scissors, <laughs> and some gaffer tape. <laughs> It's not going to be a three-parter, is it? <laughs> Cut the eyes out, gaffer tape to your face. Done. It's so badly done. I, that's what's that's what's annoying about it. And now they've they've lost all credibility. That even adding Ali, there was a moment when Ali turned and he was the leader of the group. When you went, oh, this might actually have some a little bit of interest to it. There might be something a little bit more interesting here. And they're just all it is is the same old stuff. But now Ali has no credibility either. And the thing is, right, everyone was like running scared of retribution, right? And now they're running scared of the hurt business every time. And Bobby Lashley basically defeated them all by himself in the last episode of Raw. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I think I genuinely think they're cutting their losses. I don't know where you go with this group because they've completely buried them. On a kind of side note that I was thinking watching um Raw though, um, what do we think of the hurt business being faces? Do we think this is a permanent thing they're gonna stick with? Or do you think it's literally just why they're facing retribution i think it's just why they're facing retribution because they keep having these like little outtakes don't they where like they're, they're horrible to the janitor or someone that wants to go to the toilet which is kind of keeping them here in a weird way <laughs> i get what you mean no, that's true that is true because i quite like the idea of being faced i that was justified though for me that was their face turn for me that was the moment they switched when everyone went, you know what? They've got a point. They've absolutely got a point. I, I think Titus O'Neil is a re- like he, he comes across as a really nice guy. Like, and I think he does loads of really good stuff for, for like from an amb- ambassadorial point of view for WWE. You know, when he comes on TV, it's not going to go well. 
like certainly for him like <laughs> he is he is like a grade a jobber like if he comes back he's getting beaten down trying to like go to the toilet or he's going to fall under the ring or you know or he's going to be be like he's going to be the big guy that the little guy beats up easily it's not good it's not good being Tyson Neil. he must be he must do amazing work press wise that's the only thing I can think of the reason you keep Titus O'Neil is that he's doing work in other countries that's not Britain or America, where he's the face of WWE over it somewhere else and does, ama- and does an amazing job. Because because let's face it, all three of us, when Titus O'Neil got drafted on the main show as well, you know, there were people that actually wrestled that week that didn't get drafted on the main show. They couldn't even give Chad Gable a contract. He had to sign as a free agent. But Titus O'Neil got given an actual drafted contract. All three of us would kind of go, Re- that guy? Really? I, th- but, I think I think he won a Raw Underground once, didn't he? Yeah, remember that? <laughs> I remember him being in it. He probably did win it. He may well have. I, 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 meant, you, I, I, I meant I meant just do you remember Raw Underground? You know, that thing, <laughs> again, that's just disappeared. True, exactly. <laughs> go the way of, of uh, retribution. Really random, really random thought, but there's more build to a Bobby Bobby Lashley versus Titus US title match than there was Slapjack. Yes. Oh, yeah. If you, let's well, be honest, if Titus O'Neil had challenged Bobby Lashley, it would have made absolute sense. Yeah. And have been a better okay. match. Uh, well, there we go. Retrospective booking. That's what we're good at. Mate, we're also good at, at, at for, for, forward thinking booking as well, to be fair to you. Um, okay, then let's get on to the actual matches that made sense and actual, actual matters that mattered. Okay, we've got Roman Reigns defeating Jey Uso in an I Quit match in the um, Hell in a Cell. Um, I'm going to go to Joe for this one. Were you surprised that this opened the show when this started? Were you surprised with this opening? Um, I was, I, yeah, I think so a bit. I think, I think what they've got there is a really good story, to be honest. I, I'm happy to see more of that. I really like it. I think what it probably made me realise when we were, when, when I, I thought the same, but actually I think the reason I put it on first is because you were certain there was no title change there. So it kind of made sense to... Because I feel like you can put that on last, but all you're really waiting for is for Romans to inevitably win. Whereas I think with the other two... We obviously weren't sure at this at that point, which there was there's a genuine chance that they could have belt changes. So I think that's probably why they did it. But I like I don't I don't I didn't dislike the match. I thought the match was good. I think Jay Osa looks brilliant in it uh, out of the few, to be honest. Uh, I think Roman's doing everything he needs to do to make himself look like a badass. Um calling it now he's facing gonna face the Rock at WrestleMania probably, and that's gonna be probably gonna be him to the top holder till then. So we're gonna lose a few points to not, we're not having him as a wild card, that's for sure. I have him as a wild card. I know you do. <laughs> um, what do you, Luke? What, how do you rate Jey Uso as a singles competitor now from tag team? Do you think he's actually worth? You know, do you think this has built him up enough that you know he got into the Survivor Series team this week um, on SmackDown? Has he done enough to to actually be credible? Yeah, I think he's shown that he, he can hold his own in the ring. Um, yeah, 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 I think so. The, the one thing I would say about this match is, like, I don't understand why it was in, why it was a Hell in a Cell match, apart from because it was a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Like, you could have easily done this match just as an I Quit match because it really used the Cell for anything. Um, but I agree with Joe. Like, I thought it was a really good match. And just, like, 
storytelling, the, the whole story behind the, the, the feud, I thought was brilliant. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was one of my favourite matches of the night. I really enjoyed it. Um, and obviously going forward, Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso, when he comes back and now working for Roman Reigns, which to be fair, we did call. We called that we as did. a stipulation um, about a month ago, to be fair. Um, I'll open this up to sure. both of you. Oh. you we were, sorry, Ben, just to cut you off. We also called a Samoan, uh, a Samoan stable at one point as well, mm-hmm. which I think, I think if if you add a Samoa Joe into that mix, I think you've got that's a, that's an awesome stable. If you if you have the, the the other aspect as well is you could add Nia Jax in there too, and you've got yourself a female competitor within there, and that's all you need for a big stable. To be honest with you. I've always thought they should have a Samoan stable. At one point, they also had um, the Authors of Pain as well. You know, they've um, got some fantastic Samoan competitors that you could have really done something there if if you if you'd wanted to. Were they Samoan? Authors of Pain, ah, yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, isn't Damien Priest Samoan as well? He's just lost his title. He could get called up, join them. I mean, that, there you go then. <laughs> I mean, the, dyna- the Samoan dynasty in wrestling is ridiculous. To be fair. But, you know, there is absolutely something there. And that's why this story works so well. And to be fair to Jey Uso, he stepped up. Because when, when he first won that, that um, four-way match, I think everyone thought the same thing. It was like, oh, okay, well, this is a bit of a gimme for a pay-per-view. And they've managed to get themselves not only two massive pay-per-view matches out of it, but there's clearly going to be another pay-per-view match that matters coming up in the future at some point before WrestleMania. There's going to be some point where Jey Uso turns on Roman Reigns and they have that same thing again but the fact that they're kind of turning in reluctant heel there's a really good story going forward um we haven't obviously we've got Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton at um Survivor Series but with Jey Uso now sidelined what are our thoughts on who's next to face Roman Reigns for the title then good question I haven't even thought about that I wonder Mm -hmm. if uh Maybe it could be Brian. I was thinking Brian after what happened on SmackDown. Um, I think long term it's Big E probably. Yeah, I agree. But I'm not sure they'll do that yet. No, I think he. I think Big E needs to become a bit more. Needs to stand out. I wouldn't be surprised if Big E qualifies for the SmackDown team, and then it may be the sole survivor. Maybe just because they seem to think that gives credence. So that could be a quick, quick way to. You know, he could be. God, I don't know, someone decent from Raw. Um, Can you imagine Big E versus Keith Lee, though, as the last two? That would be, be a massive outcome for the end of end of a Survivor Series match. You could do some really good stuff with that. Yeah, you definitely could. That's that's interesting. Is, is yeah. it always face versus heel in these? Because like, I know Seth Rollins is over there now, but would they not no. do it heel versus heel? More of a, a blur, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It'll be, the, it'll be the top five best the idea is it's the top five best wrestlers are the ones that are supposed to be in there who don't have belts no so, i mean to face roman reigns could seth rollins be oh, oh sorry i thought you mean yeah sorry um they i think it's too early for them to pull that because of the whole history with it that's a that's that's a big big feud there that feels so, like that feels like you're back at wrestlemania if you need it yeah that's you, fair. Could have, you could have seth rollins versus roman reigns as the back at wrestlemania match if the rock doesn't turn up, um, I know we're not going to talk about it, but before we move before we move on, because I I just have a thought about um, SmackDown. Just while we're talking about, it, it reminded me. Yeah, go for it. The sit down interview of Lars Sullivan. Oh. 
we were going to mention that, mate. We were not for any other reason than than. I mean, I literally cringed my way through it. It um, was so uncomfortable, so bad. I well, you call you call me the freak, Corey. Well, only in the sense that you've got freakish strength. Well, that's not what you. That's not what you said, is it? You call me the freak, and then it's like. Do you like being called the freak? Well, no. <laughs> Would you like and, to be called the freak? No, and the not. school story. The story at the school was, I was just say that, weird. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, in fact, there was two really cringeworthy moments. There was that and the kiss. Um, I mean, that was also really cringe. <laughs> I mean, that's weird, isn't it, as well? Nine, what is she, 19? Yeah, he's 32. I, yeah. I, after, after everything that's been going on as well, like, you know. Well, I mean, you don't want to pass COVID around, do you? That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what baffles me is someone wrote it. Yeah. Someone wrote that for him. Someone wrote that, and they didn't. And 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 at some point, you've got to believe he rehearsed it. At some point, you got to believe they went go through this, Lars. He did it, and they went, yeah, all right, that's passable. That's passable for our biggest show. Yeah, why not? Can I? The, yeah, back. I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about Ryan, the the um the kiss. I thought you were talking about the kiss as well. Then. I thought you were talking about the kiss. Then. I mean, I, mean, I, know, sorry, I, I meant I meant the whole segment. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine going backstage to read the lines with Ray Mysterio? Like, okay, so um, yeah, so this is where the point where our where tongue your daughter. What I do love about that whole story, though, is how upset Dominic Mysterio is now, considering his sisters upstaged him literally a month after he joined the company. Yeah, it's good. That he's like a, he's like an extra now, isn't he? Like he's an extra in the Buddy Murphy story. Anyway, <laughs> what did you think, Luke? What did you think about it? What about the kiss? About the kiss, yeah. Well, it's just I just don't understand like why they would. Why, who's writing this? Like why do they think that's a good idea? I just don't like like. It's like we said before, before the draft, you know, you move these people over, just carry the same story, just on a different yeah. brand. And Seth Rollins isn't even really that involved in the, in the in the story anymore. He just sort of comes out, goes, like exit, eggs the story a bit, and then goes away again. And then, yeah, it's just it's just not it's not great, is it? Doesn't bring it bringing it back to what Luke said. The other reason it won't be Seth versus Roman is I think Seth's been the been like the coldest he's been on a wrestling show. Like he has lost all of the heat and build that he had as a as a wrestler at the minute. Who's it, who's in a feud with at the moment? Like, no one. Murphy, that's it. That's what it feels like. And that was a good match, to be fair. They had a good match, but it's not it's not an interesting feud. Anyway, sorry, I've taken away from what we were talking about, which was the actual pay-per-view. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I just, talking... I, just comment, I just have to comment about Lars Sullivan. The last Sullivan sit down show, I was like, this is the worst five minutes of television I've seen in some time, and I watch a lot of wrestling. So that's not that's not a good statement. It just baffles me that that's on their that's SmackDown's their flagship show. That's the one that they get paid a billion for and need the ratings. And someone passed that as yeah, that's fine, no worries. I, we'll it have this. Me that I, I reckon that someone's gone. Why do you keep like? Do you like not think that maybe calling someone a freak over and over and over and over again is a bit inappropriate? And they've gone. Ah, oh, we'll solve that with we'll solve that with some clever writing. <laughs> you call me the freak only because of your freakish strength. <laughs> Uh, and you know it as well as I've got a lot of time for Corey Graves. I think Corey Graves is very, very good at his job. So I even know that he sat down and looked at what he had to say and was a bit like, really, guys? Like, re- I, re- come on, I can do better, but fair play. Okay, um, we'll move on and, and sticking kind of 
away from the title belts, sort of. We're going to move on to the Miz defeating Otis for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Now, we've been talking about the Money in the Bank briefcase for months now and the fact that it wasn't going anywhere. There was no clear way that Otis was ever going to cash this in. And then we had um, a pretty standard, you know, match, but with a fairly decent twist that Tucker nails Otis, the Miz pins him, and the Miz becomes the new Money in the Bank um, champion, Money in the Bank winner. And Otis and Tucker now go into a feud that I don't think that many people are going to care about. Um, on different brands. On different yeah, brands. This is my issue, right? It just... <coughs> they should never have given Otis the belt if they're going to do him over this way. There were so many clever ways you could have written that story. And just let him go for the tag belts. It doesn't matter. Like It's not the end of the world. And then you've got Tucker turning on him, which, yeah, no one saw coming, but no one actually cares about. And then where was Tucker this week? Like, Otis wasn't on SmackDown. Tucker wasn't on Raw. Uh, Tucker was on main event. Uh, so they're not, I didn't realise that. Doesn't even look like doesn't even look like they're gonna actually have a feud. They're just gonna just gonna turn on each other and then and then just nothing happens. And they need tag teams. Do we do need decent established tag teams? And although you know Heavy Machinery was no one's favourite tag team and no one was taking them as serious as they could have done. They were good. They were good. They were watchable. If they challenged for a title, you went, yeah, all right, makes sense. Even if they became title winners, you kind of gone, yeah, all right, Heavy Machinery have done enough work here. They they deserve it. But neither Tucker or Otis are going to have a grand singles run, and they they just don't have tag teams. It doesn't make any sense to break them up. So the, the only thing keeping Otis going was one was Mandy Rose, and she's done on a different brand now. Two was having the money in the bank briefcase. He hasn't got that anymore. So what is he actually going to do now? He's on a different brand, Tucker. So they can't like it's just poor writing. It's, it's the weirdest self-destructing unpicking of a story and a character I've ever seen. Every single thing that made Otis interesting and funny and you know and actually watchable and at one point the biggest star in WWE when he won that Money in the Bank briefcase, no one was thinking you know you you thought it was kind of weird, but a little party was always like you know what yeah why not let's give Otis a go you know here we go. And now they've just completely stripped everything in really random ways. You know, even the point where when I thought he was going to win the court case, when JBL actually turned around and said, we're going to rule in Otis's favour, you kind of went, all right, yeah, okay, good. And then the Miz took it. The minute that it was a match, you knew the Miz was winning. You you knew the Miz was winning it. You yeah. knew he was taking that briefcase. So I think, I think it's, it's probably in better hands in the Miz, to be honest. Oh, well, that's that's kind of my next point, really. It's, it's I think the Miz has pretty much made it clear that he's going after Randy Orton from from what he was saying. So he's, it's not going to be um, him versus Roman Reigns at any point, which, again, makes more sense. And I did like the symmetry idea that the Miz won his first money in the bank by cashing it in on Randy Orton. I think there's a great callback story there. Um, my question to you guys is... Can I, well, can I say, you know, that... Um... He won that he beat uh, Randy Orton for the title, crashed in on Randy Orton exactly 10 years to the day of Survivor Series. I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah, I, I read that as well. All right, in that case, then my question was going to be to you Is Miz cashing in at Survivor Series? He's got to, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I, I think he will. Whether he wins it or not, I don't know, but I think he'll cash in. They do like they do like that, don't they? WWE, they do like a you know. When it's when storytelling is handed to them, they are generally quite quite responsive. Yeah, I mean, 
this is, I mean, this is clearly going to be a conversation for the actual prediction podcast, but it makes sense to kind of have it now anyway. Do you see the Miz winning it? No. Because I, I don't, I don't think it would be a bad idea to take that belt out of the Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton feud, and then have it come back round to them later if they need to. Have it come back round to Drew McIntyre because clearly that feud's not over, but you don't need the belt in that feud anymore. As stupid as it sounds. So give it to the Miz, start moving it away. Would that be a bad idea? I just can't see the Miz as champion. I think he's got the legacies. He's been there forever. He's been champion before. Headlined WrestleMania. The guys, That's the guys, it, yeah, he has, he has, yeah. So he's, he's, Ten years ago, yeah. but still, I mean, yeah. it's, he's not the best he's been. The Miz is kind of the weakest version of the Miz. The Miz has been way better and should have had a title a lot kind of another title run earlier than he's had it here. But if he beats Randy Orton in the slime Miz kind of way, I wouldn't be against that. In a world full of questions. Who has the best movie, Beard? Which movie death is best? Which Disney villain had the best song? One podcast answers them all. That Movie List Podcast. A podcast full of lists, quizzes, occasional, accidental humor, and filler. So much filler. Like lists, like movies, like podcasts? Download That Movie List Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Rated PG-13 for mild peril and occasional nudity. If what's going to happen then? John Morrison's going to turn in. It's going to have the Miz John Morrison feud, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could. Yeah. I can't see that. What What I would do, Ben. Here's my fancy booking for you. Is um. I know you. Love, I know you love my fancy booking. I do. Um, what I would do is have um. Because I think where everyone is signposting this hap- going is Edge versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania for the belt for like the for the belt. So you let Randy Orton keep it. What I would personally do is just to flick that on its head is to maybe get Edge to get Edge to do something to Randy Orton that then the Miz ca- then the Miz cashes in on. So you do have Edge versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania, but not for the belt. And then I would almost have Miz have the belt for about a month and lose it to whoever needs to win it at Fastlane or wherever the pay per view before WrestleMania is. So you can have a big, you know, you can have a big match for the title, maybe Drew McIntyre or someone. At, the title, but have Edge versus Randy Orton, uh, have Edge versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania, but not for the belt. That sounds fair. I think it's going. I, I think it's come back to Drew before the end of the year, don't you? I, yeah, I, I think it would as well. It, it feels like it should. I feel like he's been really hard done by. So even if you even if you take the belt off Randy Orton, have it Randy Orton McIntyre, have McIntyre get his final win over Randy Orton, but it doesn't. It's not for the belt or anything. The Miz has one defense against someone like John Morrison, and then it becomes Miz versus McIntyre, and McIntyre's back, and you end up with the status quo we ended up with beforehand. But you've got matches and storytelling laid out for you. I could see him doing something like that. I feel really. I feel like it's really, um, McIntyre reasonably well in a really tough spot. For, yeah. your first, for your first first um, title run, that's not ideal, is it? I think it's saying all this. It doesn't. That doesn't excite me. That doesn't make me look forward to it. No, what I get would that. Look, what would make what would make you look forward to it, mate? 
I don't know, because I'm also bored of the Drew Randy Orton storyline, to be honest, as well. So <laughs> I don't know, but um, I don't know. Just make me look, just make me look forward to it. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know what I don't know what I want. I well, guess I, don't the, want this. Yeah. I guess the I guess the way forward we could we could kind of put a pin because obviously we'll be doing the we'll be doing round seven Survivor series in two weeks time. So we'll see what happens over the next two weeks anyway to where things emerge. I mean at the moment it looks like it's gonna be Orton, McIntyre and Miz continually dancing around each other for the next two weeks. Um but we'll see where it goes from there. Maybe it'll be a bit clearer. Um we've kind of covered a, most of it anyway for going forward, but obviously we then went on to um the actual pay per views main event which was Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre, Hell in a Cell. Um, rule of Hell in a Cell is you knew someone was falling off it by this point because no one had fallen off it yet. Um, so that was a fairly decent spot that, that um, Drew McIntyre took off the, off the uh, side of the cell. Um, other than that, we've kind of covered the outcome and everything, but is there anything else you guys wanted to add? Luke, anything you wanted to say about the, the main event? It was good, but I think out of the three Hell in a Cell matches, is probably my least favourite. But I still really enjoyed it. I think just because we've watched seen this match a few times now, so I, I still enjoyed it. I still thought it was a really good match, but out of the three, it was probably my least favourite one. That makes sense, Joe. I'd agree. I'd agree. I think the Drew McIntyre spot was in, was decent. It's, it's very much camera angles, though. It's not. It wasn't actually that high. Um, and I. I'm I'm taken out of it a little bit as well by the bloody footholds they've cut in the cage. Yeah. Does that yeah. bother you as well? Like, like just going like, well, I can see, I can see, like, and then it's like you get to halfway. Like, I, I genuinely think I, I, it got to like halfway with two footholds down, and yeah. then like, and then it had like one foothold from ten foot down. So obviously, obviously, someone's going here. It was, it was like, it's uh, yeah, takes me out of it a little bit. Like, oh, we'll just let you know what's going to happen. We're gonna to get to ten foot, then one of us is gonna go. But we didn't. We have it's not it's not pre-rehearsed this or chore, pre like choreographed. You know, it just take that things like that just annoy me. It takes me out of it. But I, one thing, one positive I'll say about this one and about the three Hell and Cell matches, I was really worried that we were gonna get three of the same match, and I don't think we did. No, I'd completely agree with that. There was a, you knew that this one was gonna be the one on top of the cage because no one else had done that yet. Never yeah. makes sense that anyone gets on top of the cell, but you knew it was coming. What I did like was the moment where, the, and I don't know if I've seen this before, where Orton was on top of the cell looking down at McIntyre, and McIntyre was looking up, and the camera angle was behind him facing up. Yeah. And there was a moment there where you went, "That's like that's high." I know it's obvious it's high, but you look at it from that perspective and you think, "God, the fact that they fight on top of that thing, and it ain't—I know it's as sturdy as it possibly can be, way sturdier than than Undertaker choke slamming Mick Foley through it, however many years ago." But it's still, you think, geez, they're fighting on top of that thing. Fair play to them. I wouldn't enjoy that. No, no I mean, for I, sure. I kept thinking to myself, like, I hope that wiring's in okay because they're quite heavy guys, and like, that's there's quite a bit of give in that, isn't there? Like, it looked a bit worrying. Oh, absolutely. Like, the, I would, <laughs> I, I would try and find a way to never have to stand on the squares, just on the, <laughs> just on the cross beams, because you know, I look at it like you're thinking, Jesus Christ. And I did also take the idea of taking no, out of it. I did also like the idea of um, Randy Orton just having a bar up there. Just yeah. just having that. Like, he'd gone up there beforehand, placed a weapon and climbed back down again. Just that is some forward thinking, mate. That is some fair play to you. I thought it was a lightsaber at one point. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the match I'd see. That's the match I'd want to watch.
Boxing fans, you don't want dull stats, you don't want so-called experts, you want a boxing podcast by fans for the fans, you want From the Canvas, a boxing podcast you'd make with your boxing mates but don't have to because we have From the Canvas, download or stream wherever you get your podcasts. Right then, so we talked about Hell in a Cell, um, the, the other Hell in a Cell match, the third Hell in a Cell match but not the main event, which I think surprised me to be honest i don't know about you guys um was sasha banks defeating bailey for the um women's championship um i assume after what luke said and i i definitely agree with this that this was the best kate the best hell in a cell match for all three of us in all three of our opinions that this one was the best one it was the one that i think i was the most invested in it was the one where i kind of legitimately didn't see where it was going Really, I just didn't know who was going to come out the winner of it, um, but was massively impressed, massively gutted that Sasha Banks won it because I was really, really pushing for Bailey. I thought Bailey kept that was keeping the belt after this. I really did. Um, so you wanted that t-shirt. You wanted the winner's t-shirt, didn't you? I did want the winner's t-shirt. I did. I did want the winner's t-shirt. Yeah, I haven't got it. I haven't got it this time. But neither's Dave, luckily. So we still don't have to give him that uh, <clears throat> that Bella Twins t-shirt he's been dying for. So. Um, Joe, Sasha Banks defeating Bailey. Do you reckon it was the right decision? Um, yeah, I do. I, I do. I, I think we called, me and Luke called that last pod. So it might have been a surprise to you, mate, not to us. Um, um, but no, I think it was the right decision. I think I think it's time for a change. I think Sasha Banks is, I think she's really up there for me in the top superstars in the whole of WWE, like male or female. Um, and I just think, Perhaps WWE with slightly declining like declining ratings, competition from elsewhere. This ain't the time to experiment. Just do what works. Like put your belts on your best people uh, a little bit, maybe. Especially in the women's division, I'm 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 really happy with it. I think she's I think she's really decent. The, the, I just I, and every time I see her fight, I'm honestly she look whenever she lands, she looks like she's really badly injured. Like every move. She like she gets thrown around like a rag doll so much it's uncomfortable to watch, but I think as part of that makes her so good. Half the half the battle for wrestling is the selling of the moves, though, isn't it? Because that because ideally yeah. that's yeah. that's what makes Brock Lesnar so effective as well, is that he sells better than most other any other wrestlers. He can actually make moves look effective, even though he looks the monster he is. And Sasha Banks is exactly the same in that respect as well. Um, Luke, do you think this is the blow-off for Banks Bailey, or do you reckon we'll see it again before WrestleMania? Well, they're already having a match next week, aren't they? On SmackDown. Yeah, I, me- I meant like a proper. I meant properly. <laughs> I can't see that being a proper match, but I meant properly. But yeah, go on then. Yeah. So I mean, I still, I'm still of the opinion that this happened too soon. Um, and I'd like to have seen the few go on longer just because I thought they built it so well. But having said that, I thought the match itself was really good. Like Joe, he was my favourite of the night. I, I'm re- I was really surprised. So so the position it was in, I thought Bailey was winning because it wasn't on last. I thought if if, if Sasha was winning, they'd def- definitely put it on last, being the build they've made of it over the last year. So I was really, I was really actually shocked, like even though I predicted it, that Sasha won in the end. Um, and I still think it should have gone on last. But I thought the match itself was brilliant. I think I think I think they will try and drag the story out a bit longer. Personally, it seems weird for them to face each other next week, doesn't it? Yeah, 
I, so, I think I think I think Bailey could win it back next week and make a big thing about Sasha not keeping the title along and stuff like that. That was going to be my next question. With it being Survivor Series being champ versus champ, um, every other match. I mean, Banks versus Asuka would be an amazing match. Bailey versus Asuka would work as well. Do you think there's a chance? I mean, Luke's already kind of answered saying yes. I I agree with him. Joe, do you reckon Bailey might steal it back this week? I really hope not, but I could see that. Yeah, I think I think this is them. This if they can keep this going in the right way, this is a really good. This is a really good feud. Uh, just they need to keep it going only as long as it doesn't turn into the Rey Mysterio, Seth Rollins feud. Um, you know, reach a nice end point. Um, I would have thought Hell in a Cell would have been an obvious end point, but then you've just done your first belt change in the feud, so it makes sense to carry it on. I'm not really, I'm not sure. It, I, it, it does, it does show me though as well how important they're, how much importance they're placing on the weekly shows and getting those ratings up, because they're all, you know, all the, you know, they had um, Elias versus Jeff Hardy on the pay per view, bit of a no finish. Well, it wasn't like it wasn't finished, but it was like a DQ finish. And then they had that on. They had um, Sasha and um, Bailey on pay per view, and both of those matches are now going to be on SmackDown, probably with almost the same importance. So they're obviously they're obviously trying to boost some ratings, aren't they, for their weekly shows? I think. What I would say, what I have, and I'm hoping it stays the same for the next couple of weeks. I do like the fact that the Survivor Series stories are about building the teams and not attacking the other brand. I do like that's not the way it's gone this time at all. And they seem to be keeping stories going, like keeping individual feuds going while building the Survivor Series teams at the same time. It's made both those shows way more enjoyable because I think you're excited for the matches regardless. You don't need that big, you know, Orton versus Reigns should be a great match. Okay. Um, Whoever faces Asuka is going to be a great match. So I'm not, you know, you're not worried about those matches pulling in the ratings anyway, but the fact is they've kept these feuds going where in the past, I mean, I know we, we were predicting that they might start wearing the t-shirts with the, the, the name, but with the brands on and invading each other's shows. I'm pleased that's not the way it's gone. Can I just say one thing which really irritates me about that? Dolph Ziggler versus Kevin Owens. And there was Bianca Belair versus Billy Kay versus Natalia on SmackDown this week. There, there were two qualifying matches on SmackDown. All five of those people were on Raw two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, and didn't Kevin Owens even go make a point? He went up to the commentators and was like, I'm making this the Kevin Owens show, like on SmackDown or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. you know I did see that. I didn't even think about it. But yeah, you're right. He did do that. It's just, he, yeah, the, the brand law, the draft and the and Survivor Series being the, the pay-per-view all about brand loyalty at the same time does not make any sense. But I think I think they've done a better job this time of it not being that because I don't think the people want to be on the Survivor Series team because they're desperate to get their hands on the other brand I think it's more the fact that they want to be seen as you know because all they're talking about is I want to be captain of Survivor Series team I want to be important I want to be part of that I prefer that writing than we hate the brand that we were drafted to two weeks ago so I think they made a better job there yeah what I thought was strange was it was on Raw Whereas, like, so they've had qualifying matches, haven't they, for all the teams, including the women's on SmackDown. But on Raw, they just like chose, like, just announced it. They didn't have any qualifying matches, which is a I, bit weird. I get that though, because you can also the qualifying matches only have so much interest and stakes to them. 
So I think you do have qualifying matches for one kind of one side of your team. And then in some cases you kind of go, we're just choosing, we're just choosing this one. Because otherwise it would be a fairly dull couple of weeks if all it is is people fighting each other to get into the teams. So I kind of get the rationale many, there. You haven't, got that many women. you haven't got that many women either. If you do that, you, I mean, they had like a, the three, the four way with Lana oh, yeah. and Layton and uh, Nikki Royce. Cross and Penn Royce. Yes, thank you. Uh, I was really struggling there. But I can't think of anyone else that's on that brand. Do you know what I mean that you couldn't have like well, I couldn't have all the qualifiers that have all them qualified because then just haven't got enough people to actually fight. So yeah, yeah. So um, best think, list, mate. Though, don't worry. Looking forward to it. To be fair, I, I actually am. There's some good matches on Survivor Series. There should there should be some good we matches should, on Survivor Series. We need to put some serious time in for that podcast as well. We've already got about. We've already got what five matches already in place, which is unheard of. Like, I mean, yeah, and we're about and we're three weeks out. We only had three this time. On there's the going to be as a bit of a, as a bit of a, a precursor. There's going to be added predictions because other things we can also predict is who are the last people standing in the Survivor Series matches and things like that. So there's going to be lots of opportunities for added bonus points and things the next round. So overall brand winner. Over exactly overall brand winner is going to be in there as well. So. I just wish, as a last point on Survivor Series, that it meant something. And it's the same complaint I've had every year for at least the last five years or so. Well, at least while they've been doing brand versus brand, it never means anything. You win Survivor Series and nothing happens. So that's the only kind of issue I have with it. But aside from that, it should be a really good pay-per-view. And we will be predicting it in two weeks' time. What a tease. I feel like the whole, the whole whatever, however long this is, 50, 45 minutes, 50 minutes leading up to that, what a tease, built to a right climax. <laughs> so if you are listening for the first time or you are a long-term participant in the Wrestling Predict cast, um, in two weeks' time, it will be round seven Survivor Series and you'll have your opportunity to get involved, win some WWE merch and go up against the three of us. To finish off, as it stands, Dave... As Dave from that movie list podcast is top of the league with 27 points, then it's Tom W with 26. Joe and the collective audience come in a joint third with 24. I have 23. Luke and Kaz are at the bottom with 22. So excellent. It's 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 all to play for. It's still all to play for. Survivor Series is going to be about eight nine matches, so it could be a lot in there, and then. It, we have to sit and work out how on earth wildcards and things are going to work as well. So we'll get to that point. We'll discuss that before we get there. If you want to get involved in the conversation, yeah. it's uh, social media. Just search for the Wrestling Predict Cast. Um, if you are listening to this on Spotify or any other podcast um, means, then be sure to either follow or subscribe and leave five-star reviews. And we will see you all in two weeks. Thanks a lot, fellas. Cheers, mate. Perfect. Catch you later. So basically, what I what I've gleaned from that, from what you just said, is that lockdown's been good for you because you haven't got to go out for a drink with Dave. There is there is that. <laughs> now we found our outtake. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have you started recording? Oh yeah, <laughs> two and a half minutes ago. I feel like we're listening to butcher Dave on it. I feel like we can well, like actually get the outtakes to just be like butchering Dave 
like we'll just take it in terms of Butcher Dave for a minute. Um, and then we can commit out. It could be like a regular outtake. It's just butchering Dave for no reason. I think as, as long as he's, as long as, as long as he's winning, which he is, we have yeah. to do that. 